0: This segment is brought to you by ViridianGlobal.com, and that is the official apparel provider of the Dynasty Warzone merch. We have our T-shirts over there. We have our dad hats. We have our Jerry NWO-themed hats. We have hoodies. We have Raglan's baseball season just kicking off. A Raglan is a baseball shirt where the body of the shirt is white and the sleeves are different colors. We've got some, some tank tops. We have our new working harder than an ugly stripper t-shirt and so much more. This is the brainchild of myself and our graphics guru, Maddie, aka at Maddie Big Chest on Twitter. We have a ton of styles and you want to head over there and check everything out. You simply go to Viridian Global. That is V E R I D I A N Global, viridianglobal.com. Search the Dynasty Warzone store and then you'll see all the t-shirts, hats, accessories, everything that we have available to you from a merch standpoint. They are a great sponsor and we recommend you check them out today. That is the group over at ViridianGlobal.com. Thanks for checking them out.
1: Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands of monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer-downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal Dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say... My favorite part about the depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia; they're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So, uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.
0: What's happening, everybody? Happy Monday, and welcome to the Rookie Rundown Mock Draft Edition. On this week's show, we are going to do a three-round Superflex Titan Premium Mock Draft, and with me tonight, I've got four of the boys from the DWZ Football Network. I'm going to go, and we'll go clockwise around the horn. The guy in the—if you're watching live on YouTube—and you should be watching live on YouTube—in the upper right-hand corner of the broadcast is Mr. Kyle August. You can find him on Twitter at Kyle Eight. Kyle, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the Rookie Rundown.
2: Doing good, bro. Happy to wrap up the weekend with you today and hang out with you, gents, as we uh, do a little mock draft here.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited. Uh, we got a one-round mock draft in last week with uh, some of these same guys, as well as Lou Dog at Lou Dog Sports, uh, co-host of one of our other mock drafters tonight. And uh, who else am I missing from the Oh, missing your co-host. None yeah, other Mr. Mr. Jake Crip. Why you put so much emphasis <laughs> on rip. the egg? Cool rip. Rip. Cool, Cool. Crip. <laughs> and my normal co-host on this show, Mr. Dallas Hyder at Salad Galore on Twitter. Dallas, what's going on?
3: Oh, it's hanging, man. Uh, we are talking about it a little bit before finals are this coming up week, um, but I'm excited everyone listening because you will have my undivided attention in the near future to talk all the rookies you've been dying to hear about and all those third and fourth round sleepers for all your rookie drafts. I'm getting lost in the sauce in our uh, draft we got rolling right now, so... All about them rookies.
0: Man, everybody right now is all about those rookies. For those of you watching live on Twitter or on YouTube, you'll notice Dallas is Sands' headband. He had the Baker Mayfield headband on last week's show. He left it off. And uh, our final participant in this week's mock draft episode is Mr. Tyler from the DFS show, uh, yet to be titled. I think I have a title that I want to go with, but it's not my show. And you can follow Tyler on Twitter at uh Tyler F Tyler O F F. I got that right. FF
4: Tyler FF F Tyler O. It's all good.
0: I got the O. I got the O. F F Tyler O. So what's going on with you, man? You're just taking a little bit of a summer hiatus, just uh chilling, getting ready to yeah, do man. some DFS this this coming fall.
4: Yeah, man. I uh you know, this is probably my fourth year doing the podcast content thing, and I think last year burnt myself out a little bit, so I'm taking a decent hiatus here. Focusing on redrafts and uh, and DFS content, so just enjoying myself, jumping on, doing some dynasty stuff when needed, uh, doing a bunch of startups right now, doing some rookie drafts as we speak. So happy to talk about it. Excited. We're jumping into the third round because I think there's a lot of interesting picks there as well. So I'm ready to get this rolling.
0: Yep. Here, in just a second. I'm going to share my screen, but before we do, we want to make sure just to reiterate the parameters in which we are record, which we are drafting by so again it's going to be we're going to do three rounds we're going to do super flex we're going to do tight end premium that is my preferred format of playing I know a lot of these guys here play super flex but we wanted to make sure and it was the idea of Kyle he was the uh, the one who put the first one together that we did a one QB I think a lot of times in in the dynasty space we do this for each other we do it to where oh hey we only play super flex and we only play tight end premium so it doesn't everybody and I think it was a very good call on last week's FF Smackdown with Kyle and Jake that we, we dug back into our 1QB roots because that's where a lot of leagues are. So, But tonight, for, uh, for us with the fanciest of pants, we are going to do a Superflex tight end premium. But we're going to do this FF Smackdown style. What does that mean? Well, Kyle, last week, he, he, he threw us a curveball. Last week, we all took two separate teams, and we drafted uh, every pick. Tonight we're going to do this the uh, old school FF Fellas way. The FF Fellas is where we will all draft our own individual picks, but we'll let the algorithm, we'll let the the computer from Sleeper do the rest. Does that sound good? All right, so what I'm going to do, I am going to fire up the F board. There it is for those of you watching live on Twitter or YouTube and you will see that Mr. FF Tyler O has taken the 102. I have taken the 103 as in tonight, Tyler O. We have Kyle right there in the dreaded 107 and you can't quite see it yet on the screen, but Dallas has taken the 112. So, uh I'm ready if you guys are ready. Let's do it. Let's do ready? it. All right. I am beginning draft. Yes. In the beginning of the draft. All right. Team one. Um, Interesting. They went to
4: Trevor Lawrence. All right. On to you. All right. So it's an easy spot, but I at least wanted to talk about it because uh, it's something that I've been going through on my head, and I always love hearing the feedback from you all. So it's Trey Lance or Justin Fields for me at the 102. I've been going back and forth. Before the draft even happened, I was definitely on the field side of things. After the draft has happened, I'm leaning the Trey Lance side of things, to be completely honest with you. I've talked a little about it last week, but I think what it really boils down to is two things. One, the investment, the draft capital that was put into getting Trey Lance. I mean, the 49ers made it very clear what their intentions were on moving up. Obviously, there was some Mac Jones smoke flying around, but Trey Lance is their guy. And the second piece of that is I have a lot more faith in the 49ers, front office, administration, what have you, then I do the Bears. I think the Bears made a great move. Don't get me wrong. Like, drafting fields, great move. All for it. But when I look at it long term, I got to go with my guy, Trey Lance here. I think he's going to be the guy for years to come. The Bears, in a couple years, if things don't go right, you know, who, who knows what happens? There could be some changes going on. I, there's just some uncertainty there. Like, not enough to where, like, I'm fading fields. But when, you know, when push comes to shove – Fields, Lance staring me in the face. I got a lot more faith in Trey Lance and the 49ers organization. So for me, this is Trey Lance. All right. He is
0: pushing the button on Trey Lance. So I will throw it to Kyle. First, Kyle, what are your thoughts on the Trey Lance pick? Uh, I'm very much similar. Uh, for those of you, again, watching on YouTube or on Twitter, you'll notice I paused the draft for a second so we can have this conversation. Kyle, wh- what are your thoughts on Trey Lance versus, say, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, or a Return of the Mac Jones here at 102?
2: Yeah, and I, I think Tyler really covered a lot of the points that I and why I'm leading Trey Lance as well. I think when you're sitting here in rookie drafts right now, if you in Superflex, if you have one of those first three picks, you really can't go wrong, right? You're going to get a really solid quarterback. Even at four, you know, you, you're still going to get a guy that. Um, if, you, if you want to lean quarterback at that position, you're going to be good to go. But I think the top three picks in Flex are locked and loaded, these three quarterbacks. And I, I lean Lance for the same reasons. He's already got you know solid weapons in George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel, for me, isn't a guy that I've loved for fantasy purposes, but he's just a solid NFL player that you can get involved. With. He does you know good things. And the, the most important name out of all of this is Kyle Shanahan. This is a team and organization that is going to have continuity from the top down for years, years to come. This is Nagy's last stance, right? Like if he doesn't hit on fields ASAP, he's gone. They're all gone. Pace is gone. I live outside of Chicago. I know the heat is on this organization. And they had to go make this move because they were going to die with Andy Dalton. So they did the right thing. They went and got their guy. Great move by the Bears. But I got to lean Lance. I just think he's in a more secure spot. Um, but I it's weird because in like one QB leagues like we did last week, I would actually lean either of these quarterbacks potentially over T Law because their upside is so big with the rushing ability and everything. Like, I think these guys are are both solid options. So, you, you really can't go wrong uh, with any of these. But I would lean Lance if I had the 102 myself.
0: Yeah, Lance is my uh, QB2 personally on my rookie board. Now I'm going to unpause the draft because I want to let Dallas uh, comment on my comments here when I take my guy. My guy for me. Pretty simple. Uh, in a super flex, I am going to go. I wish I wasn't a chicken shit. But in a super flex, you got to pull the trigger on Justin Fields. I'm going to let the computer. Why did it not take Mr. Fields?
1: Boom. There we go. There we go. That's rolling.
0: Perfect. Um, so we'll let the computer do its thing, and then we'll hit pause in just a second. So I went Jamar Chase. That's where I wanted to go. Um, Najee Harris. ETN. And then it's on. Before we do that, I am going to hit pause button again. And so I went Justin Fields. And I, I wanted to go Jamar Chase there. I know there's a lot of talk about the running backs. Here, Here's the one thing, and I've been the contrarian on on Justin Fields the whole time. But it's like the whole thing with the the bears front office for the last since the Mitch Trubisky pick basically blew up in their face idiots idiots dumbasses idiots idiots dumbasses and dumbasses and idiots it's been that way the whole time and then all of a sudden they trade up and and by all accounts they traded up a goodly sum to go up and get Justin Fields and now all of a sudden they're they're rocket surgeons they're they're geniuses they've got it all figured out i'm like wait a second this guy was a dumbass 2 weeks ago But because he traded up for a player that Twitter likes, all of a sudden, he's a genius. And there were a lot of smart smart front offices that passed on him. I have, uh, for me, he's a which-way-could-you-go candidate. I could totally see Justin Fields coming in, setting this league on fire. But I ask myself, what do smart organizations like San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, and people can talk all they want about the Carolina Panthers, that is one of the smartest, if not the smartest, owner in the league. David Tepper is a hedge fund bajillionaire. He literally paid cash for his team. So he's a. doesn't mean that he has football intelligence, but it means he's a very, very smart guy. And I'm asking myself, along with other front offices that didn't trade up, that could have traded up, what do they know that I don't know? But what I do know is that he is a very athletic quarterback. He is a very gifted quarterback. He has got middle-of-the-road weapons. And it's a super flex world. If you don't have solid QBs and super flex, you're dead in the water. Kyle mentioned it earlier. Love the upside of Justin Fields with his feet. So I'm going to throw this one to Dallas. Now, Dallas is a closet Bears fan. He has a little bit of uh, (laughs) uh, I was
2: going to say, they're they're all closet Uh Bears fans. You don't have to call them that. They're just Bears fans then.
0: All right, Dallas. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you do this, Dallas. You, You tell us your thoughts on the Fields pick as a fan. And then uh, throw it back to Tyler to make his pick. Excuse me, back to Kyle to make his pick.
3: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I respect everything that everyone said. You're all wrong. Justin Fields should have been the second overall pick. Um, personally, <laughs> uh, a little bit of bias. Yes. Um, both from Ohio State and Chicago. We kind of went over this last week when I picked him at the 111. Um, but for me, when I look at Justin Fields and what you're getting, you are getting the highest rushing upside of any quarterback in this year's draft. And it's not particularly close. Uh, He is faster than Cam Newton. He's about the same size as Cam Newton. He is a monster in the read option offense, which people forget David Montgomery actually runs better out of the shotgun than he does out of any other formation. If you look at his rushing stats, he does a lot better out of shotgun, which is something that Justin Fields is going to bring to the table that we didn't really have with Mitchell Trubisky, although he did have wheels. Um, But when I look at Justin Fields, cannon of an arm, his deep accuracy is pinpoint it's up there with trevor lawrence's and the only concerns that a lot of people have i feel like are narratives that we've been creating there weren't all these glaring holes in his game when he was playing last year and then he goes up and he plays in many ways harder competition than what trevor lawrence did this last year put up comparable stats once again with less turnovers He had two bad games, which I don't know if you guys have heard uh, Northwestern's head coach's interview um, that he's had regarding Justin Fields. But he basically goes in and explains that Justin Fields was hurt a majority of that Northwestern game, which is the one game that everyone holds against him the most this last year. Um, He said that he took a hit in the second quarter and the entire defensive scheme changed because he saw immediately that he was not going to be able to run the same way that he did. So they turned on the Jets. Still ended up winning the game, but that's the one thing that people hold against him. Does his play recognition have to speed up? Yes. I don't care. He, like Memphis said, he's going to like the NFL on fire. Um, plus, I already bought a jersey. So, like, this is how it goes. <laughs> every, time, every time I buy a Bears jersey, the player balls out rookie contract team fucks it up somehow there's my one cuss word today um does it somehow and then we drop him after the rookie contract it happened to Kyle Fuller it's gonna happen inevitably to Justin Fields but I need Ryan Pace gone I'll end my Bears rant Kyle let's hear what you're doing
2: <laughs> oh I love it and again being around Bears fans non-stop forever uh it's just the the ups and downs that they go through is always enjoyable from the outside looking in but I'm sitting here at the 107 now in this mock, and honestly, if you have the 107 in a Superflex tight end premium, you couldn't have asked for this board to fall better than it did right here because Travis Etienne, the system put here, uh, auto drafted at 106. So, as much as I like Etienne, he's definitely a top eight pick for for me, kind of regardless of you know the format, whether it's uh, you know whether you're looking wide receiver, I think Etienne's a guy worth taking there. But in this format, you're staring down Zach Wilson, fourth quarterback off the board, if you need a QB. And obviously, quarterbacks are extremely valuable. And super flex. you don't need me to tell you that. But you're also staring down Kyle Pitts right here in tight end premium. And this guy, obviously, taking the highest the tight end has been taken ever, right? This dude is supposed to ball out. He's paired with Matt Ryan for at least a few years. Uh, and when you're looking at the tight end landscape from year to year to year, if you don't have a difference maker, man, like you, you're really on the you're gonna you're losing that position every single week when you go up against the Kelseys and the Kittles and Waller the last few seasons. So, you know, the the cop out here is just like, well, if you need a quarterback, you take Zach Wilson and you're thrilled that you got him at 107. But I think if you're gonna try to really shoot, you know, for higher upside and a true difference maker, I don't think Zach Wilson is a true difference maker. I think he can be a starter for you uh in a super flex league for sure and a guy that hopefully is there for years to come i like what they added there in new york with bringing in Corey davis in free agency denzel Mins in year two and then obviously taking more uh taking uh more in round uh two of the nfl draft but i'm gonna go kyle pitts i just think that you know if you can you're gonna have to wait it out and he's a guy that people are probably gonna be coming after uh towards the end of the season but you just hold out hope, and, and this guy should be a huge, big-time difference maker for a an end premium league, so I would take him at 107.
0: All right, well, the, com- the computer's doing its thing. We're going to put Dallas on the board here in just a second. I apologize, I'm pausing the draft, so will be a little difficult to read. Um, so Kyle took Kyle Pitts. I, I think it could have been in the name. I really don't know for sure. <laughs> uh, then, the, 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 then the computer went Zach Wilson, then Jalen Waddle, then Devonta Smith, then Javante Williams. So I, I want to comment on the Kyle Pitts. This, this is the spot where I feel comfortable taking Kyle Pitts, and I know that uh, a lot of our friends were having rookie drafts in the FFPC this weekend. I know Kyle Pitts was flying off of the board at the 101, but if I had the the 101. And even in a tight end premium, I'm still going to take a, one of the two running backs. If it's a one QB tight end premium, yes, those do exist. I'll be the first to admit they're not—they're not plentiful, but they do exist. And it, it would not matter to me. I would much rather at the 101 take, you know, maybe ETN, maybe Harris, or obviously Trevor Lawrence in a superflex. And then I, if it's tight end premium, I'll take Pat Fryermuth at the 201. You know, or maybe I'll reach up and I'll take a a, a Tommy Trimble or someone like that with the three oh one, but I cannot go one oh one tight end. It is against everything that I stand for as a human being, and for that reason, I am going to turn it over to Dallas. Now, Dallas, you are getting ready to go on the clock. Are you ready for me to resume this
3: clock? Yes, I am. All right, we are resumed. Yeah. So. This is a very annoying thing for a lot of people that they are going to find this year. The champion in your 12-team league is going to have the pick of the litter of a person at a position other than tight end that is going to make a difference for their team. And that's not something you can typically say at the 112. But this year, sitting at the 12, I'm between three people. So it would be predicated based off of the positional need that I have as the reigning champion. Do I need a quarterback? If so, I'm taking Mac Jones. Do I need a wide receiver? If so, I'm taking my highest-rated wide receiver left, which for me would be Rashad Bateman, but also my wide receiver four is Elijah Moore, who is also still on the board. Then if you need running back, you have two options. It's your pick of the litter, depending on which situation you like better, between Trey Sermon or Michael Carter, who has no one in front of him. Um, so for me, with it being a super flex, I will take just the pure value pick as I've often said is usually what I do if I'm at the back end. So I'm going to be taking Mr. McCorkle Jones just due to the fact that it is a super flex and based off of team one's needs, there's no way in hell I'm allowing him to get two quarterbacks in a super flex draft because he is completely reshaping his team. So Highest value, what can I get from the player if I decide to trade him as the champion? Even if I don't need quarterback, I'm going to get the most value trying to move Mac Jones as opposed to Trey Sermon or Bateman, so that is why I'm going quarterback.
0: Well, I like the Mac Jones pick. I've liked Mac Jones all along. I'm going to throw this one to Tyler. He's on the clock next. I'm not going to hit the resume button just yet, but uh, Tyler, my first question is, is do you buy that, that Cam Newton's going to be the starter week one, and if... Josh McDaniel, the offensive coordinator in New England, can craft an offense that both Cameron Newton and McCorkle... So Cameron and McCorkle are working together. If Joshua McDaniel... See, we'll go full name for everybody. If Josh McDaniel can create and craft an offense that allows both guys to thrive... Not only would I be impressed, I might be willing to uh, allow the NFL to get this man another head coaching job. But what say you, Tyler? What do you think about the McCorkle Jones in New England fit? And uh, then give us your pick when uh, you're ready. Give me the sign and I'll
4: resume the draft. So I think the fit is good. There are elements to Mac Jones's game that do mirror Brady's. And this is not me saying that he's going to be the next Tom Brady far from it. Uh, I think he's a fine prospect. Uh, the, when I look at him play, I think he's walking in a situation when he can succeed if things do go right. But I also think that the Patriots are putting themselves in a position to play like the old school bully ball, um, gonna be contrarian where they're just gonna have the line the trenches with the big guys run the football. I, with that said, you know I think Mac Jones can succeed, but I do think Cam Newton does come out as a starter. I wouldn't even be shocked if Cam Newton plays. More games this season than Mac Jones does. Mac Jones is the future. I think he's a a great pick at one twelve because this is Superflex Dynasty. We're talking here; like he's going to be around for a while. And just not not to to derail here too far, but I think people are just like have already just wrote off the Patriots because they've had one bad year. Like, oh, Brady's gone. I guess the Patriots suck. But like, we're talking about Bill Belichick, like the legitimate goat here. Like this guy has built dynasties. This guy is for real. And although I don't think Mac Jones is one of the more talented guys in my QB five in this class, I think he's good enough to succeed in the Belichick offense if things go well or McDaniels offense or the Belichick system, I should say. So I like Mac Jones. I'm not fairly certain that he's going to start right away. I still like Cam Newton to start majority of the year. But with that said, Cam Newton was not looking great last year. You can blame that on COVID or what have you. But at the same time, it's Mac Jones's team going forward, but Cam Newton's familiar with it. We're going to be seeing Cam Newton out the gate. I, I think I see people talking about the the red shirt season for Mac Jones. I'm not sure I'm ready to go necessarily that far, but at the same time, if you're drafting Mac Jones to be your starter out the gate, which I hope you're not at 112, um, you might be in a little bit of trouble because I don't think he's going to be there week one. But still, a fine pick at 112. I think he's going to succeed. I think he's going to be solid think like a ceiling for fantasy purposes, we could be looking at, say, like a Kirk Cousins, the very solid quarterback that everyone's happy to have in their QB2 spot and their super flex spot. Uh, But, you know, quarterbacks are currency. So at 112, man, I'm here for it.
0: All right, I'm going to hit the resume draft button. And, sir, now you are on the clock.
4: All right, so a little salty to see Mac Jones and, and Rashad Bateman go in front of me here. I thought Rashad Bateman would fall. I think typically in rookie drafts he would fall, but, of course, this is our famed algorithm. So Bateman did not fall, putting me in a little bit tougher of a decision. I'm going with Trey Sermon here. Uh, I've been pretty high on Trey Sermon throughout the draft process before he went to the 49ers. Um, doing a little bit of a 49ers stack here, it looks like, with, with Lance and Sermon, but they're the future there. Uh, I look at Sermon and I know that he doesn't necessarily have the the stats to back it up, but from what I've seen from him, he is a physical back. He is a, uh, he's a tough guy, great ball security, um, great balance. You know, I, I think when I watch him play, I'm like, that's an NFL back. But like what you saw at Ohio state wasn't necessarily the production of what you'd say, like, this guy's going to be an absolute bell cow, Or this guy's going to be a fantasy stud or an NFL stud, but everything I've seen points that way. I planted my flag before the draft. He went to an ideal landing spot, again, uh, similar to the vein in which I talked about, Mac Jones. You know, Mostert's there this year. Jeff Wilson's there this year. But what people, are, I think, are forgetting about Trey Sermon is those guys are gone next year. The, the, like, Mostert's contract's up. Jeff Wilson's contract's up. There, there's nobody standing in Trey Sermon's way going forward after this year. So although it might be a little bit frustrating to own Trey Sermon or roster tra- Trey Sermon, I should say, going into the 2021 season, as you're going to have a rookie quarterback trying to figure things out, I'm sure Mostert's going to be getting some play. I'm sure Jeff Wilson's going to be getting some play. I expect there to be some play from tra- Trey Sermon. He's probably going to be decent. I wouldn't expect a world from him out the gate, just considering the circumstances. But we're looking down the line here. And I think what I'm looking at tw- at 2022 – and we're looking at drafts going like going into the 2022 drafts it would not shock me for people to see sermon as like a top 15 to 12 top 12 back i think he's that good i think he has that talent i think he's in the right situation we've already been singing the praises of shanahan so i think Again, if you're looking for a running back to, to come out the gate right away that can win the starter job to be an instant impact, I think maybe Michael Carter would be the way that I would lean. But I'm looking for the long game here. I think Trey Sermon's more talented. I think he's in a better situation. I think going down the line, Trey Sermon is the guy uh, that I would want uh, that's left on this board. So this is a Trey Sermon pick for me, especially with Bateman off the board.
0: Well, you took the guy that I was uh, certainly, certainly interested in. So now I am I'm in a pickle. Uh, I wanted Trey Sermon, but I'm gonna if you're watching on YouTube, again this is the importance of when we do these mock drafts of having the, the, the subscription over at YouTube I and mean, it's free, you just turn the notifications on. I'm showing the running back board currently. And when it gets past a certain guy that if you're a regular on this show, Dallas is a big fan of this guy, and once you get past him the drop at running back becomes precipitous. And because of that, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You heard my co-host. You heard Dallas. I'm going to resume the draft. I am taking none other than Michael Carter. And the reason why I am taking Michael Carter, if my computer will work with me, this works so much better in pre-production. There
1: go.
0: there, there, there's the, the spinning wheel. So I'm going to pause this for a second because I will talk about Michael Carter and why I took him. I basically took Michael Carter because, again, I'm a big draft running back, trade for wide receiver guy, and this uh, this this computer listens like my son. We'll cover some of these guys. But there are a lot of wide receivers coming up in this draft, and there are some guys that I'm going to take flyers on later in the draft, but I would much rather take uh, – and we'll, we'll start talking about these names. And by the way, gentlemen, this is where we earn – Earn the big bucks over here at the Dynasty Warzone because this is where we're really helping people. This is the uh, this is the filth. If you seen you know I, I covered this on one of the shows last week the uh, the Batman movie you know where Commissioner Gordon looks at the, the the young Gordon Levitt character who ends up being Robin and he's like I hope one day you have a friend like I had who will plunge their hands in the filth so you don't have to. That's what we're gonna do tonight. We get into this late second, early third. We are plunging our hands in filth. That is the rest of this rookie draft. So I took your man, Michael Carter. What do you uh what do you have to say about Michael Carter's landing spot with a JETS Jets, Jets, Jets? I wish he had went three three picks earlier. You know, that third that third round draft capital, but we're gonna we're gonna go four oh twos okay. What do you think, Dallas?
3: Yeah, I uh, you know, it's a situation I kinda touched on it last week when I picked him in our second round, about the same place as you. Um it's one of those landing spots where we were hoping the running back was going to land and regardless of the place and the round that he was drafted in at the end of the day he probably would have been picked earlier by the jets so they joe duckett has actually come out and said if they hadn't traded their two third round picks to move up for elijah vera tucker they would have been just ecstatic to get carter at 61 but they were even happier at the fact that they then were able to get him around later <laughs> Um, So when I look at Michael Carter, slightly upset he did not stick with number eight by going to the Jets because I thought that would have been pretty cool now that they switched the numbers. Why not? I'm actually kind of sad a lot of guys aren't doing that. Why aren't they playing with their college numbers? But um, number 32 for the Jets is going to get some work. Um, There's no one really there that can claim the role. Uh, I think that they brought in Tevin Coleman personally just because he knows the system. He's the elder statesman that's going to be able to teach it to guys like LaMichael Pirine. If Josh Adams is still on the roster, I'm not actually positive about that, um, and Michael Carter. But when it comes to a full skill set, the best running back on the team right now is Michael Carter. He does everything that you want from a running back. The only thing that people are concerned about are his size parameters. And, yes, he's not the biggest, but he proved – He was at times a better runner between the tackles than Javante Williams was. He is electric. He's got burst, and he's one of those people that his metrics honestly didn't do him justice is what I would say to him because he was one of those guys at North Carolina that was able to pull away from the runners that were coming after him when he was in between the tackles or on the outside, he was able to basically break away those long plays that Javante Williams was not able to. And that was why he's considered the lightning to his thunder. So I'm excited to see him play. I comped him a while back, as you guys know, to Ray Rice, and I think that he's going to be very effective for the Jets in a running scheme that people are clamoring for a running back at. So I'm very happy that you took him.
0: All right, well, uh, I I love the vote of confidence from my co-host to help me sleep better tonight. Uh, While while, uh, the computer ran a little bit, the next player off the board at the 204 was Amon Ross St. Brown, a guy whose ADP has skyrocketed due to the fact that I mean, he, he's the perceived only real wide receiver of Dynasty record. I mean, I know there's a thing called Brashad Perriman, a Quintez Cephas, not to be confused with Hank Williams Jr., who's known as Bo Cephas. And uh, there's, there's another guy there, too, that I cannot remember. Top oh, ty, 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 Tyrell Williams, formerly of the Raiders. And uh, none of those guys get you really excited in a Dynasty. Then Rondale Moore, a guy whose stock has slipped a little bit a little short, if you know what I'm saying. Dwayne Eskridge, who ended up in Seattle with uh, Russell Wilson. And then that puts our man Kyle on the clock. One thing before I turn it over to Kyle is that you can tell that I could not, there's no way to turn in tight end premium on Sleeper. Because at some point, you got to think some of the other tight ends. I'm going to throw that to Kyle. And uh, Kyle, you going go back to go back-to-back tight end stack here? I'm dying to know. What are you going to do? <laughs> heard you wouldn't. Learn-
2: um I, I would have you know, the I think the fireman is uh is right there at this in a normal draft, I think, because I a few of these names for me, like Estridge and St. Brown, are not mid seconds. Um, you know, the yes uh St. Brown is the only show in town in Detroit as of right now. I think that can quickly change when we're sitting here a year from now. And they're gonna bring in more bodies, they're gonna surround whatever quarterback they have heading into twenty twenty two with more than just St. Brown, a fourth round draft capital wide receiver. I don't think there's any reason to take him. When you look at Estridge, yes, he has a draft capital being taken in the second round, but they just re-upped Tyler Lockett. He ain't going anywhere. Uh, some boy named DK Metcalf as well I think is going to be taking up some targets, and they don't apparently let Russ cook or something, so I don't know how many passes they have to go around there. But if you're sitting here again, 207, oh thr- seven, I'm thrilled because there's still some guys I really like, so I'm not going tight end. I'm going to go with Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore. He was taken at, as the second pick in the second round of the NFL draft. He's paired with Zach Wilson, who I passed on in round one. But I think he's going to see a lot of valuable targets in that slot. Jameson Crowder is all but gone um, from that team. They will cut him and save a ton of money uh, and keep Zach Wilson supplied with plenty of weapons uh, for what they've developed over the last year plus here with the draft. Two second round wide, wide receivers and Corey Davis in free agency. So, if you're again, if you're sitting here at 207, uh, 19 overall in Superflex and you can land uh, Elijah Moore, you're thrilled about that, I think, because I think this is guy's going to have instant impact um, on your fantasy team. So, I love it.
0: Yeah, I've not been in most of my drafts. Again, I do a lot of two uh, Superflex tight end premium leagues, and I've not seen more fall really past like the 204, 205. And that's a steal. I don't know. But again, I'm not blaming Sleeper because, as if to criticize their algorithm, all of a sudden at the 209 Pat Fryer Muth went. After Kyle took Elijah Moore, there went Kadarius Tony. Another guy uh, was having a, 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 a group chat with Riley Bymaster of Dynasty Trade Calculator. We're in a draft together right now. And our consensus on Kadarius Tony is that we only hate or have only been told to hate Kadarius Tony because Twitter hates Kadarius Tony. But the weird thing is that if you watch mock drafts, and I'll admit I probably have a mock draft problem, is that I read all of them. But every mock draft from Daniel Jeremiah to Todd McShay to uh, what's-his-name, Mel. I started calling him Mel Brooks, but Mel Kuiper Jr. with, his, with oh, his hair. Mel Chocula. <laughs> Mel Chocula. I mean, everybody had. I mean, and these guys, we, we make fun of these guys for some of the draft picks and some of the mocks they do. But these guys are connected. They knew that Kadarius Toney was going in mocks, and not only did they have him in the first round, they had him between 20 and 24 in just about all those mock drafts. So it's safe to say the NFL thinks a lot higher of Kadarius than we do. Then it was Pat Fryermuth. I'm going to resume the draft just so I can see uh, the the, the cumbersomeness of the board. Then it went Terrace Marshall. That is the second biggest steal. He should have went, in, in my opinion, it should have went... Elijah Moore, then Terrace Marshall, uh, Kenneth Gainwell at the two eleven. That's a bit high for me for a running back group that recently got uh, the corpse of Carrion Johnson. You've got Boston Scott, you've got Miles Sanders, and now you add Kenneth Gainwell. All right, I'm going to hit the pause button. I'm going to go to Mr. Dallas Hider. Dallas, who are you thinking at the two twelve, and what do you think of the shenanigans? because that's what they are really from like 204 on in this algorithm-based mock draft. What do you think of these shenanigans?
3: Yeah, I'll start with your latter question first. Um, Shenanigans is very much how I would phrase it. Uh, I just checked while you guys were talking. In the four rookie drafts that I have taken part of so far, Dwayne Eskridge has not gone before the 303. Um, So he is not getting the actual fantasy draft capital that he got in the real NFL. Uh, people realize there's only so many mouths to feed in Seattle. And just because he got draft capital, people have to realize he's replacing David Moore. So you're going to get David Moore plus at the best, which is what? I, at, at 600 yards. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't know exactly what people are expecting out of him, but I think the fantasy community is being a little bit smarter than what our, uh, little system gave us here. As for Elijah Moore, uh, right there with you, he is the arguably top of the second round for most people, and I don't think he's gonna fall any further than that. And Amon Ross St. Brown, although the landing spot is great, uh he is not going above Terrace Marshall, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. Uh Rondell Moore went at the, I believe the one oh nine in one of my drafts uh yesterday. Uh which is a little rich, don't get me wrong, but yeah, definitely shenanigans. Um, the wide receiver position is the most interesting, I think, in this year's draft, just because everyone has their guys, um, and that's a perfect segue into one of my guys uh, for the draft this year. Um, before the landing spot came out, I was big on De'Ami Brown. I am still big on Diami Brown. He fits a role for Washington that they didn't have. Prior to this, they have been missing deep speed. They've been trying to find it. Even the last regime, um, they tried the flyer on Paul Richardson coming out of Seattle. Um, They they just can't find the field stretcher. And if there's one thing that Ryan Fitzpatrick does well, it's throw that yellow ball. And I don't think that's going to change. He's at the back end of his career. He just wants them TDs or to go down burning with the TD hunting, basically. So you're getting a guy who is a burner on the outside who is very efficient in how he creates separation. He does need to fine-tune his route running, but I think early on, he's just going to be filling that deep route role which really, if you're taking a flyer at the end of the second round, you want the upside guy. I'm not saying it's like best ball, but if you give me a guy who can pop off of my flex for 20 points based off of three catches and 120 yards and a touchdown, that's what I'm here for. Um, Again, I'm going based off of value because I'm drafting from the 12. So I'm going to be taking Deami Brown out of North Carolina, who is now with the Washington Redskins.
0: All right. Well, he is going to be the complement to one of my favorite wide receivers, which is... Mr. Terry McLaren. Back on the turn at the 301, we'll let the computer make its pick. It took Elijah Mitchell, another running back from San Francisco, so that would stop Tyler from double dipping Shanahan running backs. So, Tyler, is there anything that you want to comment on? Because this is the round that I get the most questions on in rookie drafts, not only from our patron group over at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone, but really just people in general. This is where it gets really muddy, it gets really really funky really quick. What are your thoughts on what's available and what you've seen uh, between
4: the most recent picks? So a few things that I've done in my actual rookie drafts is obviously if, if the board fell like this um, and we had Brown and Marshall sitting at the end uh, of the second draft, of second, uh, sorry, at the end of the second round, I wouldn't trade back. But I've been at the end of like the 210, the 211 And I've been trading back into the third round and picking up an extra third in 2022 because I just don't see a lot of difference between some of these later uh, second round guys and the third round guys. You're right, it is a bit muddy. But at the same time, if you're sitting in the third round, shoot your shot. Take the guy that you like. Like, I really can't say that there's, like, smash value in particular um, with any of these guys left on the board. I look at this board, the guys remaining. There's not a single guy in here that I'm absolutely in love with that has to be on my team. With that said, um, this is super flex we're talking about. And I'm sitting in the third round, not loving the wide receivers necessarily. Like, yes, there's guys with good draft capital, but I didn't really like them that much pre-draft. And then there's guys that I like pre-draft that got crappy situations or just, you know, things didn't fall the way I wanted to and they got bad draft. I don't know, but there's just really nothing left that sticks out to me. So with it being super flex, quarterback is king. Quarterbacks are currency. There is no better time to acquire quarterbacks than in your rookie startups or your regular startups. So for 3-2, at this point in time, I'm actually going to take a shot on my guy, Kellen Mond. He is a guy that I was intrigued with going into the draft. And, you know, off the bat, he wasn't necessarily a guy that I was, you know, super excited about, especially when I found out that he went to the Vikings. But then I started reading into it a little bit, and I found out that the, the Vikings were actually trying to get fields. Like, they were trying to acquire a quarterback, and Cousins' contract is coming up here soon. So they're looking into the future. They drafted Kellen Mond. He got pretty decent draft capital in third round. He loved the day two stuff, but, I mean, that's not too crazy for a quarterback. But what really comes down to with Kellen Mond for me personally is he does a lot of things well on the field that I believe aren't necessarily things that can be taught right? I think he has good poise in the pocket. Um, I think he responds to pressure very well. We've seen him take a ton of hits in college and, you know, he gets right back up and keeps playing. He's got good velocity. I think he's a bit raw as a prospect. Uh, I think in some conversations I have um, compared him to not necessarily the play style of Dak Prescott, but like very similar to where like, he comes out of college, not a lot of lot not a lot of people are excited about him, but I think Dak Prescott, he had a lot of qualities that you couldn't teach, and he worked on the things that he needed to work on to become an elite quarterback, right? And Dak Prescott is now elite quarterback, but like three years ago, if I was like Dak Prescott's going to be elite quarterback, you'd be like, you're an absolute idiot. Like just watching him play. Like I, I, I've been touting Dak my whole my whole uh, you know fantasy football career, and it finally came to fruition. Now Kalman is not Dak Prescott. I'm not using that as a player to player. Um, comparison. But what I am saying is Kellen does possess some qualities that I really like in a quarterback that I believe aren't necessarily easy to be taught. And the fact that he's going to the Vikings where they're clearly looking for their next option after cousins. And I think that he, you know, he's sitting a year behind cousins could yield um, great results for him. And it's a third round. So taking a shot at a quarterback in a super flex league in a third round, like why the hell not uh, for me? It's easy to pick Colin Montier, sit him on your bench, throw him on your taxi squad for a year, and you know hope he eventually takes over. Um, quarterbacks are uh, they're, they're t- if you don't have a quarterback or good quarterbacks, it, it's tough to recover in superflex dynasty league. So uh, with the guys on the on the you know on the board, let's do it with a quarterback. Kellen Montier, free two.
0: All right. Well, good to see uh, the the quarterback talk. So, so here's the thing. I, I was I was big into Kellen Mond, but if you're going to draft him, and the same with another guy that I'm going to mention, but not going to draft. So, uh, I'm uh, I'm a uh, I guess I'm like table talking to use a term in, in, in a rookie draft. But Kellen Mond. So here's the thing. Kirk Cousins isn't going anywhere. So if, when people start clamoring for him. He's got a, say it with me, $76 million dead cap number this year, $45 million dead cap next year. Now the Eagles would love for the the Vikings to take that mantle as the team with the largest dead cap hit ever uh, on uh, the record. But I don't don't think they'd do it. So you're just going to have to be patient, which is fine. I, I believe that you should leave every rookie draft in a super flex with at least one quarterback even if it's a reach even if it's like the the guy that i'm getting ready to draft and i am going to take mr kyle trask and the reason why i'm taking kyle trask over davis mills is because kyle trask is one 44 year old man injury away from being the, the the quarterback of this team now that's not to mean that the the blonde bomber Blaine Gabbert, can't sneak in there and you know steal some reps. This is a, a championship team. It also doesn't mean that the the buccaneers wouldn't you know risk a trade you know if it happened pre-trade deadline because this is a team that's got back to back Super Bowl aspirations. but I like the draft capital. I like the fact that he'll be under that Tom Brady learning tree. Uh, we all like to think that Tom Brady's going to retire at some point, but you know what? You can't prove that. As uh, as I've heard it said, with modern medicine and his income, he could live to be like 140, 150, easy. So for me, I am going to resume this draft, and I am going to take Kyle Trask. So we're going to be jumping back to speaking of Kyle's, a lot of Kyle talk. Got Kyle Pitts, Kyle Trask. Kyle month eight. Kyle month eight. What do you think about my my Kyle Trask pick? While I actually made the pick.
2: Yeah, so I mean, you guys, I thought you did. Uh, you know, summed it up well here. When you're sitting here in the third round, um, Brown, where Dallas picked him at the end of the second round, that was kind of the breaking point for me. Like, there's maybe only one other guy that I would really consider, and that was Maury Rogers, who came off the board right after Memphis's pick at the three hundred four. At, at that point, these are just all darts, whether it's your third round or fourth round or fifth round or whatever you're looking at in your rookie draft. And there's just names that it's really going to be a long shot for them to, to provide you fantasy value. And the quarterback position, if you are in a super flex seat and you've never not had a quarterback, you don't know just the dis- just the stress that you are put through week in and week out not having to plug in that second guy or, or combing through other rosters and being held hostage by your league mates because you don't have – a body at that position and as somebody that watched you know had spent all last year trying to fill that backup quarterback spot on rosters that had guys like Philip Rivers or I was riding with Mitch Trubisky and Andy Dalton and those names that just turned to dust uh you know you are being taken for a ride for the worst quarterbacks sometimes just so that you can have a guy to plug in and then sometimes you have to sit back and say, well, do I just play a non QB in the super flex spot, which is just leaves the worst taste in your mouth. So I think you guys picking Mon and Trask here at 302, 303 is solid. There's no reason not to walk away with a quarterback. That's what my plan was kind of at the 307. I wasn't sure that I'd have my, I thought I had my pick of the litter, but you guys, Jumped me there a little bit, so uh, no problem there. Amore Rogers came off the board. So at 307, I'm pretty much just going to steal your guys' strategy because that's what I was looking at. There's nobody here that is of real interest to me um, at 307. I think the guy that's remaining that's left, uh, you mentioned the name, uh, with Davis Mills drafted by Houston in the third round, at, at the third pick of the third round in the NFL draft. And the thing is, this was their first pick. This poorly run organization had just given away all of their draft capital. They have a billion holes to fill, and they took Davis Mills. That should be telling enough that Deshaun Watson is more than likely done in Houston, or not be not will not be there to play for the Houston Texans for part or the or the entire season with all these uh, all his legal trouble he's been facing. So I think when I look at a guy like Davis Mills, I'm not drafting a guy in a flex lever. I'm like hell yes, I'm set now. I have a QB two. I look at that as just in instant currency as Tyler's been thrown around. The minute this dude is said to be the starter for the Houston Texans, you start looking through your team, your super flex league and finding that guy that is extremely desperate for a quarterback and just flip him for just instant return on value. I mean, there's no, you're going to be able to get way better than a third round pick for a starting quarterback. That's how you sell it. The minute that Mills is a the starter there. So I don't really think Mills is a guy that is a, you know, it's going to be a difference maker. He's, he's really unproven uh, in the college level, even. So to be picked here at the early third, that should tell you a lot, not just about Mills, but that situation in Houston. They're desperate for a quarterback. They're looking for a body. And if he's the guy, if he's the starter, he's going to give you much more in return um, by flipping him to the needy team. So I'm going to kind of follow suit here a bit, I guess. Maybe that's boring, but I think it's the right way to go. And I'm going to go Davis Mills at the 307.
0: Well, while I, I don't love, the pick, I love the strategy because he is gonna be gone very quickly. So even if he starts, if it's you know Tyrod Taylor, um, whomever, it really does not matter uh, who that quarterback is. That team's gonna be terrible. They're probably gonna have a 101, and they're gonna be trading, or excuse me, they're gonna be drafting a quarterback. Uh, I've heard it said that that Deshaun Watson is a toxic ass that until he gets all of this cleared up. <laughs> um, you in and I, I like Davis mills. I just, I think I've, I've got to get lucky to move him. So I would much rather dra- uh, draft some of these guys that just went off the board, like Nico Collins, like uh Palmer from the chargers, but Dallas, you get to bring this thing home. Are
3: you ready to resume this draft? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm actually going to be taking someone that is not going to be on the board for you at 312. Uh, specifically, okay. as Memphis mentioned, we are doing a tight end premium. And there is one tight end that definitely would have gone before Tommy Trimple, I think, and who is set up, in my opinion, for long term success rather than short term success, and Hunter Long. So, Hunter Long at a Boston college ended up in Miami. And with this man, I know what you're saying. Well, Mike Gesicki has finally broken out. He's finally getting the receiving targets. He's finally meshing with Tua uh, later on in the season. And all of those things are correct. But what also people are forgetting, it is Mike Gesicki's contract here this year. He is going into his fourth season with the Dolphins. Um, he's not a top-end tight end, and you're seeing a lot of top-end tight ends getting paid. I think he's going to want to get paid. But if there's one thing he does not do well, it is being a well-rounded tight end. Uh, The only thing he knows how to do is receive. He's a horrible blocker, and they only use him basically as a slot, a big slot, basically. I think it was something like 65% of his routes run came out of the slot last year, not attached to the line. So you're looking at Hunter Long, who for a lot of people um, in the pre-draft Process. they were talking about going to potentially New England due to his comparison to what Bill Pelichek looks for, a complete tight end who knows how to both catch the ball and block. Uh, He was, for many people, the best blocker coming out in this class. And when you add the potential need for a receiving option at the tight end position going into next year as well for Miami, I think it's something that you should definitely be considering in this third round. Um, The fact that it's tight end premium also, Definitely gives you a little bit of push in the direction to take him as opposed to another guy I was eyeballing. Um, But specifically when I look at Hunter Long, I am thinking about a dart throw that has more potential than anyone else on the board based off of both the scoring format of the league as well as his situation going into the 2022 season as opposed to 2021.
0: All right. Well, there you go. So I'm going to go around the horn and let you guys wrap it up. What's going on on your shows, except for Tyler. Tyler's uh on hiatus from being on hiatus. So Tyler, I will start with you. Is there anyone whose name didn't get called that you want to bring up or anyone that you, uh, uh that, that like maybe that recently came off that you want to mention?
4: Um, you know, I, I mentioned it last time on the show, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. But Josh Palmer, um, three nines, a steal. I'm I'm definitely in on him. Not necessarily if you need a wide receiver going forward, but I truly think that Mike Williams is leaving, and it's easy to beat out uh, Tyron Johnson and Guyton. So Josh Josh Palmer is definitely a guy that I look at uh, in the end of the third or middle of the third. To be completely honest with you, uh, I guess if I had to toss one other name out there, somebody interesting is is, uh, Ch- uh, is Chuba Hubbard is his name i think he's a decent prospect i think if you're looking to uh grab a running back i would have probably taken uh chuba over elijah mitchell Ramondre stevenson and kylan hill the way things fell to be completely honest with you and we also know from seeing last year that the second running back which i'm assuming he would be on the panthers has paid off like mike davis did it so i would say that chuba hubbard still on the board is a little surprising to me and Josh Palmer slipping to the third is a bit of a surprise as well. Yeah, I like
0: Josh Palmer a lot. Some of the, uh, again, I'm a big draft Nick, and I love, reading, I love reading the non-fantasy spin on these guys. So maybe I can learn a little bit so that when they land on a team, I can put the fantasy spin on those guys. And Josh Palmer is someone that I've become a big fan of. So uh, Dallas, my normal co-host here on the rundown. Uh, Was there a name that you want to throw out there? And uh, what do you have going on besides finals?
3: Yeah, um, not a ton going on besides finals this week. Like I said, I am pretty focused on that, but uh, I am excited to start the series that we had talked about On last week's, um, I've got my first two names. Uh, They are two wide receivers that I will be comparing in my first uh, Oklahoma drill of the summer. For all of you that are really interested in um, some big body wide receivers going into their rookie seasons on teams that did not get the draft capital that some people expect. Expected them to. Um, not related to that though, the one player that I was actually debating taking at the 312 that I did not because of the tight end premium was Daz Newsom. So I had a conversation with a couple of you earlier about this today. So, a strategy that I do a lot of times is specifically on teams where there's wide receiver production coming out of college, but you're not really sure who to trust going into the NFL. I have a shotgun approach that I typically do it. So I've done it the last three years. I did it with Russell Gage and DJ Chark. I did it with Terry McLaurin and Paris Campbell in 2019. And then last year I did it with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs based off of the draft position where I was basically able to get the two top receivers from pretty good offenses that aren't getting that top tier draft capital basically. Um, Jerry Judy fell last year a little bit further than he needed to. So I was able to capitalize on that. But by doing this type of strategy, you are able basically to mitigate that risk that you typically would by last year. If you had reached on Henry Ruggs and not gotten Jerry Judy, you'd be sitting this year with just Henry Ruggs on your roster, kind of twiddling your thumbs saying, wow, that was a waste of a pick. But if you're able to get two people from the same team where you're not really sure about their wide receiver production, it kind of mitigates that risk, like I said. So I would have taken Daz Newsome, who I compared – do you guys remember Nate Washington, old Steeler, Titans wide receivers?
2: Oh yeah.
3: yeah. real Real gritty dude. He was on quite a few Super Bowl teams in that those Heinz Ward days, the really early Steelers uh, is where he was. He actually won two Super Bowls with the Steeler. Uh, before he actually broke out with the Titans, but his second contract, when he ended up going, he has that same kind of dog mentality that I look at for my slot receivers. So, like the Amari Rodgers, like Daz Newsom specifically, who again, yeah, you guys are probably just saying this guy just loves his Bears, doesn't he? Um, but when I see Daz Newsom, I do see a really physical player who is electric with the ball in his hands. So he's immediately day one going in the punt returner for Chicago. And anyone who has that gritty mentality and the shiftiness that he has is going to make it as a slot, at least at the NFL level, if not the fantasy level. So I'll take the upside on a guy where Anthony Miller, I don't care what anyone says, is gone at the end of this season, if not before. His time in Chicago, he's rubbed people the wrong way and he hasn't performed. Um, so it's just one of those late flyers I would definitely keep your eye on.
0: All right, and then he is the 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 co-host of the FF Smackdown Kyle. Was there anybody that didn't get mentioned that you want to mention? And uh what's going on with the Smackdown this week?
2: Yeah, the only other name that I keep I end up getting in the fourth round a lot of times and probably rightfully so because he landed in an offense that you don't want to see wide receivers go, but Tylen Wallace is a guy that a lot of people were high on pre-draft. He had some injury concerns um and he was a, in like you said Memphis like I think well-rounded dynasty owners should be looking at non-fantasy-related breakdowns of these players ahead of time, too, just to see you know what these scouts that are looking at these guys from an NFL perspective, what they see. And Wallace was a guy that was pretty high up the a lot of people's boards. Pre-draft lands in Baltimore, obviously. They took Bateman in round one. It's a little bit crowded there with Hollywood. And Andrews, and you factor in that, uh, like Memphis likes to mention, every third show, on um, the war zone, <laughs> Lamar only throws the ball 4.6 times a year or whatever. Um, so, <laughs> with that being said, Wallace is somebody that I just kind of stick on the end of my taxi, squatting around for most of the time, just to see if you know if Bateman doesn't pan out. We know what Hollywood already is. Maybe Wallace can carve a, a role out in that offense. But with that being said, uh, on the SmackDown, we're gonna be we're gonna be recording tomorrow night, Jake and myself. We're gonna be taking a look at our quarterback and running back 2020 rankings. Just look at the biggest movers and shakers based off of the fallout of the NFL draft. I know Memphis has done some up and down stock with, from a dynasty perspective, but we just covered our Jake and I covered our pre-draft 2020 redraft rankings uh, last month. So we're going to be taking a look at that and seeing what, uh, how these guys shake out now that we all know the landing spots.
0: Well, that's awesome. I'll just throw out the name cause it's, it's tight in premium. And I was very surprised cause it, I had nothing on this guy Coming into the draft, but he went in the fourth round and it's Kylan Grayson drafted by the Colts. That's a homer pick. Uh, I'm going full Dallas and, you know, homering for my team. But we have seen this Frank Reich offense feature a lot of tight ends. Uh, You know, whether it's been Dallas Goddard, whether it's been Zach Ertz, uh, we've seen flashes even out of uh, Trey Burton last year in Indianapolis. And it's not like Jack Doyle and Mo Alley Cox are going to be confused for Travis Kelsey and George Kittle anytime soon. So I just actually drafted this guy at the five oh seven in a rookie draft. That's a uh, tight end premium league with a one point seven five tight end premium. I mean the the board was pretty picked over, and if I'm going to go go huge upside, and I didn't see any running backs there. So I want to thank you guys for all jumping on. Uh, Tyler's going, you know. He's two weeks in a row. His family won't know what to think. Dallas is here every Sunday. But, uh, you know, he's got to get him back to school. And then Kyle, he's going back-to-back nights. Sunday on the Rundown, Monday on the SmackDown. But on behalf of these gentlemen, Kyle, Tyler, and Dallas, my name is Memphis. And here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you guys real soon. Thanks for tuning in.
5: It's hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out if you want to go over to thehate.com. Hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, This this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com use code and save yourself some cash. Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day, to joined the Patreon, reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was hey, Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster, and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft. Whether it's Dynasty, I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members and it's the same thing even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. $1,000 for Cool G as we call it back home. Are you at liberty to play for that, Stanley? Would you prefer to play for Smiles?